Today's episode is sponsored by the 2023 Rhode Island Business Summit, presented by Stella Business Concepts on September 21st at the Event Factory in Warwick, Rhode Island. Join us to connect with B2B vendors, amazing networking opportunities, and guest speakers like Patricia Ratskin, who will talk to you about podcasting for your business, leadership with Mary Sullivan, or customer retention with me, Erica Sicoccio, and more. We have panelists, and we also have a very fun, amazing Lunch and Learn with Rhode Island comic Poppy Champlin. Tickets are on sale now. Visit our website at www.stellabusinessconcepts.com. See you there. Hey guys, Erica Sicoccio here with Practical Biz Podcast. And if sales make you nervous, today's episode is one for you. We are joined with the guy who wrote the book, Alan Langer, on the seven secrets to selling more by selling less. So welcome to our show. Thank you. And don't be nervous about sales. Sales is a good thing. Yeah, sales is a very good thing, especially if you need money in your bank account. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background on on how you ended up in sales and so yeah i actually uh kind of got into sales by accident i my first professional career i was in college athletics and fundraising and i raised money and did all the pr for montclair state university in new jersey and then i was in columbia in new york city and i got burnt out after 15 years it's a great profession it's a lot of fun but you don't make a lot of money and you're working 90 hours a week Mm -hmm. and i was having dinner with this is in my book i was having dinner with one of my best friends telling him i was thinking of finding another job and and he said why don't you get into sales and i said sales who the hell wants to be a salesman (laughs) and he very astutely said don't you ask alums for money every day don't you try to get stories in the newspapers every day or sell season tickets he goes you're in sales now yes you are (laughs) so and you you know people it's like a four-letter word sales and and uh so i decided to try it and fell in love with it and i went from business development for a general contractor to selling in the home. And I sold sunrooms and siding and roofing. And then I wound up at Anderson Windows for 15 years. Yeah. And I was there so those, one rep. Yeah, big, and those are big ticket items. Big ticket items. Yeah, and those are ticket. those are sales where they make you go in and you have to sell them. The, the, in the, the demo and the, yeah, the demo, yeah. The, the features, the benefits. The, well, yeah. All that stuff all that, people that, hate. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they just like, they just want to get to the, how's it going to help me? Right. And what's the cost? That's usually what they want to get. So to, 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 to finish answering your question, as I was doing this, I only got better at sales when I stopped following what they were training. The corporate training process, I've said this for years, trains teams to build a, to close at 30%. Closing meaning you see a hundred people and 30 of them say, yes, that's a 30% closing percentage. But I've always looked at it from the other side of the glass. That means if your team saw a hundred people, 70 of them told them no. How is that successful? Like if seven out of 10 people told me no, I would jump off a bridge. Like that's incredibly bad. And I started realizing, well, it's because of the pitch. It's because of what they're making you do in in the home and in front of somebody. And I started looking at, well, let me just be a human being. 
in sales rather than a pitch person. And then all of a sudden I started getting better and better. And then, you know, I became the number one sales rep there for years. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I, I, you, you touched on the interesting point about being human, right? Because I think the relatability is one of the things that in my business helps, helps people make their decisions. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a, a very valid point. So you talk a little bit about like, um, the mindset of sales. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means that sales is not about you. It's not about your bank account. It's not about your commission. If you make it about you, you'll be an average salesperson because every salesperson, anyone, any salesperson that boasts about how much they closed or how much they made, I don't give them the time of day because that tells me they don't care about the customer. Mm -hmm. If you change your mindset from selling to helping, you're actually going to sell more. It's, it's, it's a very simple equation. Sales is not rocket science, but if you go into an appointment hoping to sell them, I have to make this sale to hit my quota. I have to make this sale to make, to, 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 to hit my bonus. You're just going to be an average salesperson because those people are not going to buy because you're talking about stuff that's for yourself. But if you go in and basically say, I'm here to help you, whether this is a sale or not, and you don't care about selling, surprisingly, you actually sell more. So that's why I talk about the mindset, go in, change it from, from selling to helping. Yeah. Um, so customer service. So that's, that's hundred percent the business I am in customer mm -hmm. service, but you talk a lot about everybody being in the customer service field. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that, share that. So I, I talk about, you know, sales again, it's a four letter word. People don't expect to have a good, good experience with a salesperson. So you start your appointment behind the eight ball anyway. So there's a couple things that I try to train. First of all, be the anti-salesperson. Don't be the person that they're expecting. Like when I say car salesman, what image pops in your head? Mm -hmm. Everyone has the same image because that's the person they're expecting. When you're actually not that person, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow. That's they loosen up. Yeah, yeah they loosen up. <clears throat> but the other thing is there's two things that I, 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 I kind of live by is the two phrases of what's the right thing to do right now in this moment? So if I'm with a, with a customer and let's say they look, they want to, let's go for windows, for example, they wanted a giant bay window or they think their bay window is, needs to be new. And I inspect it and I realize they don't really need a bay window. This actually happened. <clears throat> do I sell them a bay window? Cause I know I can, or do I do the right thing and say, you don't need a bay window. We'll take care of that in five years. So what's the right thing to do in front of the customer is the right thing to do is to sell them something they don't need or sell them financing they don't need right. or do the right thing. And the other thing is, and I always think about this is what would you like your legacy to be? If you want to just be the one and done salesperson and try to make as much money as you can, that's great. If that's the legacy you want to leave, I don't want to leave that, that kind of legacy. I want to be the person that, that the customer knows cared about them, did the right thing for them and I'm going to sleep better at night knowing that I did the right thing and that my legacy that I'm going to leave behind is a good one. So those are the kind of things that I look for when it's considering customer service and, and how I want to leave customers. Yeah, uh, definitely. I agree with that. That's definitely something that we do here. Um, and in my childcare is definitely we're all about customer service. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like that's a big piece of our customer retention is when you give customer service, not only during the sale, but throughout the life, 
with that customer, yeah. uh, they stay with you. So, which usually equals additional sales. On well, you you made a great point when in our pre-conversation, you said, you know, how do, you know, most business owners are so worried about getting new customers. Well, what are you doing with your existing customers? Mm -hmm. that, those are the best sources of yeah. new customers are your yeah. existing customers. You know, doesn't it drive you nuts when you get this promotion in the mail, like, you know, from like a, a your cell phone company yeah. or you with the cable company yeah. used to do it all the time. Yeah. Hey, $150 off for new customers. Yeah. They catch it on now. Yeah. Well, what about me? <laughs> right. Pay See, you every that's month. your loyalty, right? Your yeah. loyalty is I'm going to get the new guy yeah. a better deal, right? Yeah. So that's not, not a great plan. Um, so uh, becoming an expert or that perception of being an expert in the field, how do you feel like that benefits people? in terms of sales. Oh, it's huge. You know, it goes right down to people judge you right away. You know, they judge you when you're walking up to the house. They judge you right before, you know, when they turn that Zoom call on, now in the world of Zoom, they're judging you by your background. You know, you have to, your perception, even if you're not an expert, if you can be perceived as the expert mm -hmm. by doing all these other things around you, you'll actually sell more. A great example, and I use this in the book, is it could start with your business card. I have an example in the book. If, I, if you go to a networking event, and let's say you're in the market for, wind, uh, for lampshades, okay? And you're walking around and you meet Joe and he hands you his business card and it says lampshade consultant. 20 minutes later, you go and you meet Mary and her, she hands her card and her card says senior lampshade consultant. Mm-hmm. And you go home. Call Mary. <laughs> Two months later, you don't even remember meeting either one. Yeah, of them. right. Like, oh my God, I got to buy my lampshades. I look at both cards. Who are you calling? Calling Mary. <laughs> right. Mary could have been a lampshade consultant for two days. Yeah. Joe could have been one for 20 years. The card gave her the perception that, that she, she was, was the ex expert. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say that, obviously you're not going to lie, but do things until you can become the expert to make people perceive the perception is that you are. And that's in everything that you do, how you appear, your the car you drive the background in your Zoom, the conversation you have over the phone, the perception that you know what you're talking about and you're the person to do business with is paramount because they're going to go somewhere else yeah. if they don't get that. I think all those things too are connected because when you do all those right things, the way you dress and paying attention to details, you also feel more confident, mm -hmm. which then allows you to speak better, allows you to feel more knowledgeable. And so that also carries over during those conversations. Right. And we and we automatically, as human beings, we just defer to judgment. Like, I've been on so many Zoom calls where I, the, the guy pops up or the woman pops up and the background is like <laughs> just junk everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? How, how professional is this person? Yeah. They could be the greatest person in the world. But the judgment's Perception, there. Yeah. Perception's there. Yeah. Um, and social proof. So now, more than ever, social proof. People want to know what other people are saying. This is why testimonials and reviews um, are, are so important because people want to see, well, what, what are other people buying? And, and, and they want to be part of like, well, if they think this is a five star, then it must be good, mm -hmm. right? Even if it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right? Instead of making your own mind up, they kind of do tend to go to where other people say is good or. There's so many layers to social proof, but we'll start with a simple one. Yeah. If you don't, th if you're a business owner and you don't think, I'm looking at the camera now. I'm looking at the camera. If you don't think Google reviews are important, you are get out of your business because everybody, I think the last survey I saw, 93% of people start their journey of buying online mm -hmm. and they start with Google reviews. Absolutely. And this is a fact. A restaurant, if you're just a restaurant and you have a 4.9 mm -hmm. or if you, have a, if you are lower than a 4.4, 4, 
that could be worth up to $100,000 in lost business, a mm -hmm. half a star. Mm -hmm. So that's how important testimonials are. Yeah. But then when you take social proof to a different level, as in having a sales conversation, you can't just use generic reviews at that point. You can't just say, hey, uh, this guy in California mm -hmm. said that your bar stools are the best. Your next door neighbor. The guy in Warwick said that they're best. Or I just sold a roof. Yep three miles from here on a very similar house to yours. That's really powerful social proof. That's why community pages typically really exactly. drive business. Exactly. They really, or kill business, one or the other. Right. But yeah. And social proof's all over. You know, I, I tell people, pay attention to what, what the marketing world is doing to you, especially online. You go and buy something online, how many of those little pop-ups pop up? Hey, Joe P, Joe P is, is considering buying this right now. Only one room left. All yeah. those things, yeah. scarcity in, in play. So these all these these uh, these influence and persuasion tactics are being used on us all the time. But you can use that's the way the brain works. It's not it's not you know uh, unethical. It's just how the brain works. So if the brain works a certain way, why don't you use it to your advantage and talk about other people like you? Yep. If I met you in a home to sell you windows and you told me you were a podcast host, I'm like, oh, you know what? Last year I sold six, 16 windows to another podcast host in West Warwick. Yeah. You would automatically feel like, oh, that's cool. Yeah make that Just connection make the connection yeah. yeah um so reciprocal relationships so reciprocal is my favorite word of all time oh really? so it is okay. actually i use it a lot with my with my team in-house we use that a lot but um so talk about a little bit about that you talk about it in your book but talk about it to the audience well reciprocation is another pillar you know uh uh professor robert cialdini wrote that famous book influence and persuasion and now he has an institute on literally on persuasion and he does study after study and he's a fascinating guy. And he came up with seven pillars of persuasion and one of them is reciprocation. And reciprocation is so powerful that when someone gives you something, uh, Christmas cards are a great example. Mm -hmm. When you get a Christmas card in the mail, what do you do if you didn't mail one to that person already? You probably mail one to them, right? You're like, mm -hmm. oh crap, I gotta, get a, I gotta get a Christmas card out. Someone buys you a drink, when you're out, yeah, you sure. get the second round. Sure. Um, so in sales, if you can do reciprocation in a genuine way, mm -hmm. not in a not in a fake way, sure. Like home shows, giving stuff out that's fake reciprocation. They don't you don't get anything back from. Yeah. Everybody won that prize. Everybody got that <laughs> right. But I used to I used to uh, go to my appointments and I printed out um, really cool little notepads. I don't know, they cost me two bucks a notepad or sure. whatever it was. And I would walk in, I would say, just this is a token of my appreciation for having me out today. I, get, I printed these out for all of my customers. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to buy from me. Sure. But what that reciprocation does is it probably buys their attention. Mm -hmm. I'm not a typical salesperson anymore. So in, in, or realtors do this very well. They buy a house, you move into your house the first day, you probably got a bouquet of roses or a bottle of wine in there from the realtor. That's reciprocation in, in play. Now that person like, oh, I owe them a referral because it sticks in your mind. So reciprocation is very, very powerful that way if it's used genuinely. If it's used where here's this bottle of wine, I better get a referral, it's going to backfire on you. So the power of three. Power of three, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. So share with that. So the power of three is, is one of my secrets is um, not to be afraid of the price. One of the biggest biggest fears that most sales reps and business owners have is actually presenting the price. They don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're afraid of it. 
They don't know how to show the customer the price. They, they hide from it. They cut the price before anybody even objects to it. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they drop the price right away. Pricing is psychological, 100% psychological, just like social proof is. So I have a whole chapter on how to not only prepare the customer for the price that you're going to tell them, but then how to present it. And one of the ways to present it is using the, the, the way the brain loves to have choices. The human brain loves choices, but the choices have to be minimal. Two choices is too few. Yep. Four is too many. Yep. What does that lead? Three. And threes everywhere. Threes in literature, wait down, back to, you know, three musketeers, three blind mice, three, yep. you know, the sign of the cross. All, everything is based on three because the brain likes three. It's a balanced number. So instead of saying, let's go back to in-home selling, for example, and I'm a roofing guy and I measure your roof and you pick these shingles and I say, here you go, $15,000. That's it. Well, what do you do? That's a yes or no choice. I'm either going to say yes, let's do yep. it or no. Mm -hmm. Or, all right, let me think about it. However, if I then give you three choices, mm -hmm. here's our intra-level shingle for 12.5. Yep. Here's our medium one for 15, and here's our super duper lifetime shingle for 17.950. Mm -hmm. Then I walk out of the yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. But what what it it takes your mindset from yes sure. or no to which one am I going to choose to do business with you rather than yes or no? Well, it gives the customer some feel of control as 100%. well. Gives them that feel of control as though they're making a choice, that they're allowed to make the choice and mm -hmm. not push into anything. Like that's why people say salespeople are pushy when you give those options good, better, best. Yeah. And usually, if you price right and you're strategic, um, so for us at our school, we have uh, a, a three day, a four day, and a five day. Well, the five day is such an incredible deal that almost no one picks a four day. Exactly. They just say, well, I'll just for the extra 10 bucks, I'll pick the fifth I'll pick day. The five day. That's and why four day exists. You got it. That's why I exist. Yeah. So, yeah. I so think. that's very smart. A lot of business owners don't do that. I, I did work with a karate uh, studio last year, and mm -hmm. he his pricing was like the, the first choice was 5000 then the middle choice was a monthly payment, and then the last choice was a down. He had all these different things. It's too confusing. So confusing. So, and he yeah. was wondering why he wasn't selling it. <laughs> yeah. And we just fixed it, and, and now he sells a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's simply because coming down to the choice. So, uh if you're listening to this podcast and you are just offering one price to your customers, give me a call because I can help with that. You need to give them three choices, period. Yeah. You'll sell more. Absolutely. You'll sell. I agree with that too. I, I endorse that message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think uh, emotion is the number one, is the really the number one driving factor for, for sales. Mm -hmm. um, emotion. And if you think about Subaru, immediately the thing that you think, because it's been branded that way, is safety, love, security. Mm -hmm. Immediately it invokes, invokes a feeling, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Coca-Cola, everybody's happy, right? Yeah. The joy of Coke, right? So, um, yeah, I think, you know, emotion is the number one driving force. Um, I know you agree with that as well, especially in my business. I mean, who you're leaving your child with me. Absolutely. There is absolutely no more to me. I mean, I, I would say maybe a financial planner, and your child can't first. I'm like, right. there's no more trip. Like, here's my money, here's my child, right? right. Um, of course, the child's more precious. Mm -hmm. But, you know, th those things require a lot of trust and it's a very emotional decision because it's hard for families to even leave their children, mm -hmm. right? So um, I totally understand that that trust thing. And I think that that is a, a big factor in the way that we uh, present our, I'm not going to say pitch, but present our products and services to families. Well, here, here's, uh, I, I, I tell 
people that I train to, re to remember this word, and the word is imagine, because you want the customer or the prospect to understand or imagine what it feels like to own your project, your product, or your service, or be part of it, mm -hmm. rather than here's what my service can do, what's it going to feel like to actually own it? So, and I learned this very, almost sort of by accident. So I used to, I, I, I sold sunrooms. It was my first uh, in-home selling job years ago. And I went through nine days of training up in Buffalo, New York. I'll never forget this. And they called it sales training and it re really was product training. They didn't tell us to sell anything. They just, I can still tell you how long the screws were, how thick the aluminum was. It was this drill into your head product training. And then we were supposed to go into a house and show all of this stuff. And that was supposed to sell. And the average closing rate was like 18% in the whole company. And then one day I went in, there was an older couple sitting there and I, and, and I had all my bags and I just, I just looked at them and I said, you know what, tell me what you want. And they said, well, we want to sit on our back deck. We get a lot of deer back there. So we walked back there and I just stood for a minute. And I said, imagine what it would be like on a beautiful Sunday morning, having a cup of coffee, looking at the deer through your new sunroom. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's what we want. I put all my bags back in the truck. I never showed them a thing, and they bought like a $30,000 sunroom. Mm -hmm. And I realized then that the power of emotion, like you said, is imagine what it's going to be like to have new windows. Imagine what it's going to be like for your child to be in here and be in a great mood every time you pick her up. Imagine. And that puts them owning your product or your service, and that's where you sell. You're yeah. not going to sell with bells and whistles. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so... If you're a new business owner, mm -hmm. what would be your best advice to, maybe you're not really familiar with the sales processes and things like that, what would be your best advice to get somebody who's maybe a little bit nervous about selling to get moving in the right direction? Well, I've gone through this a lot and I see a lot of business owners spending a lot of money. Most business owners will spend the most amount of money early on on marketing. They want to get their website right, which is good. Mm -hmm. They want to get SEO. They want to get um, social media. They want to get all these things. They want leads. I need leads. Mm -hmm. Then they stop. That's where yep. their thought process stops. Yep. If you have leads, but funnel? then you don't know how to sell them, right. the leads are worthless. Mm -hmm. And so many marketing companies do the same thing. They, give, they do a great job handing over all these leads, and then the company has no idea how to sell them. There's no process. Yeah. So my best advice is, Yes, get yourself leads, but then have a sales process. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do when the leads come in? How quickly am I going to contact them? Yeah. How am I going to set an appointment? What's my conversation going to be like? What's my follow-up going to be like? Mm -hmm. All of that, if, you, if, you, if you're flying by the seat of your pants when it comes to the sales, have a you're system. wasting your money on your marketing. Yep. So that would be my, my piece of Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, so where can people find out about your book, how to get your book? So my book is on Amazon. Just type in my name, Alan Langer, uh, A-L-L-A-N, or The Seven Secrets, and that should come right up. Or my website is allanger.com, A-L-L-A-N-G-E-R.com, and you can get the book there as well. Thank you so much for joining us. That was Practical Biz. Have a great day. Again, don't forget to comment below. Visit his social. Yes. You would love that. Visit his social and uh, subscribe to our channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Thank Bye. you. Are you a business owner? Are ready to get your startup? Well, started. Have a burning question you'd like us to answer? Want to know more about the services we offer? Or register for upcoming workshops and events? Looking to book a guest speaker? Or like to be a guest on the Practical Biz Podcast? Visit our website at stellarbusinessconcepts.com.